Hello, this is Dinner with the Davises. My name is Nathan Davis, here with my wife, Alicia. This is episode four. Uh, we put up online, people. we asked people for some questions, and so we're gonna answer those tonight. Before we get started though, I just wanna say this is up one day later than normal, because last night our middle daughter really needed us, so we put her over the podcast, and that's kind of the right choice. <laughs> But that leads right into one of our questions, actually, which is, um, I guess, advice on parenthood, maybe? I don't know the right way to word it. It was just parenthood. <laughs> so. Well, I asked that person what she wanted to know, and she was just saying maybe about like how, what it was like for you to become a parent to like adopting Olivia, and then how it is for us, and then just like on the day-to-day, I guess. All right. Well, for me, um, it was really weird coming into this, honestly, because I thought I knew how to handle kids. Like I said in the first episode, I thought my experiences from life had me all prepped for being a dad and really (laughs) didn't do anything. How old were you again when... I was 26 when I met you guys. I just turned 26. And then Olivia was four turning five. Yeah. And yeah, I just thought I had this whole plan on how to be like the cool guy coming into it, and it was just <laughs> it was just hard, like I didn't know what I was doing um on top of it because of everything with her dad. Like, I know she just had a hard time relating to me. She hadn't really had a guy like me around. That wasn't family. Mm -hmm. She was very, like, um, closed off to men. Yeah. So. And it's just taken some time. Because I expected, I don't know, I just expected her to open wide up. That I'd just be so charming and wonderful that she'd just instantly (laughs) start calling me dad. And I just be like the perfect puzzle piece in this and that really wasn't it god really just had to work on me and make adjustments to me and he still is it's i think i got an idea for how to be a dad with olivia and then you guys have come so far (laughs) that's it's true i think now it's more kind of both of us because she's getting older yeah she's getting closer and closer to the really scary teenage years right when you think you succeeded at parenting like another curveball yeah and one day she'll be like this it's like oh my gosh are you like 20 because of her maturity and then the next then five minutes later she's saying can you tuck me in and being really cuddly and like she's younger yeah the other night we were I was laying in bed with her to get her to sleep and I don't do that every night obviously but she was like mom the teacher tells me I'm the teacher's pet me and this other girl because we listen to her and she's like it's just common sense like why don't the kids just listen and then they won't get in trouble and i'm just like you're so good i just love you (laughs) yeah but in the same time she really will say a joke or something that might be a little above her age like i really like to say that's what she said from the office it's like a catchphrase almost she doesn't even know what that means either and when I was like, oh, you'll get it when you're older. She's like, oh, I'm so mature. I can get it right now. I know I can. Mm-hmm. So, 
it's just a learning process and i think that's i'm learning with the other two that it's just that way with every kid because even just this week everything i thought would do like was working last week with riley for me doesn't seem to be working this week and I, there's no difference beyond that she's grown a week and well she's two so yeah. she doesn't know what she wants every day is a new experience a new thing she's discovering and that's pretty cool and then you got joe who is starting to get more and more vocal <laughs> he's so cute and he has his moments where he'll just like sit on my lap and be all snuggly but then he also will run around and chase riley around the kitchen yeah which is pretty adorable <clears throat> um what was something else that i can't my memory isn't the greatest what was something else she said um and then she asked me like how it was for me and so for me it was like it was just me and olivia for four years and then of course i started like bringing you in the picture and you moving in and it was definitely a challenge because you had your set ways and me and olivia had our set ways and it was like both of us are like i think like uh just wanted to keep it our way and have our special little bond and then trying to let you in and be a part of that was different and um but then, like, just slowly learning that over the last couple of years is... It's been good. I mean, it was all good. And we kind of just did it our own way. I'm... Yeah, we didn't have a set way. We didn't We didn't do anything, like, how people say we probably should have done it. And that was, like, one of the questions, too, was, do you have any advice for, like, dating or the beginning of relationships? And I was just, like, laughing, like, no, we absolutely do not have advice. <laughs> Because I don't because it's like we didn't do it correctly yeah I think honestly that made some of the things we had to really grow through because we well me had this whole idea of how things should be and then and I had a lot of other voices talking to me influencing me that I probably put too much well I know I put too much credit in and I wasn't going to the right voices asking for advice. I should have been going to people I've, older and more mature than me on how no. to handle everything. Nathan had a lot of friends that were just like, didn't like me. And it was because they could see that I was unhappy and that I was kind of controlling Nathan. Because, again, it was just me and Olivia. And, like, we already had our life and we've already been through a lot of stuff. And it was like, Nathan you're you're becoming a part of my life like is how I saw it and it was just like you need to keep up with our life and so I think they saw that and was just like don't be with her or like would just tell him things and also we had a lot of fights that they had heard and it was just a lot of chaos when we were dating because we were still trying to figure out everything and then on Nathan's side he was still hurting and going through his stuff and like he said he thought he had it all together but he didn't and so it's yeah. not that those voices like weren't necessarily right. It's just not like we didn't know what we were really doing. Well, they probably saw the stuff I didn't want to see about myself and were realizing, like truthfully, I wasn't ready to step into fatherhood when I did. Yeah. <laughs> and I did. I did it anyway. <laughs> love makes you do crazy things. And I mean, I loved you and I loved Olivia. And even if on paper it wasn't, like, the perfect time. I don't think there... 
ever really is a perfect time. I think you can prepare as much as you possible and maybe other people did it in a more smoother way, but we just, <laughs> just kind of jumped. <laughs> we jumped all in. That's kind of been my life. I feel like a lot of things were just me jumping headfirst in, stumbling and rolling a ton, and then, okay, I'm going to get up and just try to keep going. Yeah. Despite my own stupidity in a lot. Not being with you, I'm not saying that was stupid. I'm just saying I made a lot of dumb choices. I don't think that they're all so all necessarily dumb. It was just you you lived a certain life your whole life and you didn't have a lot of this these experiences you were only with one other person before me and i had a whole other background and it was just like me always (laughs) trying to get you to keep up with me and like just a whole learning process i feel like for both of us on different ends yeah i admittedly when i saw that question about dating advice it was like (laughs) i have none i dated two people like I don't know what I'm doing. You guys should get yourself a man that's only been with one other person because it's very refreshing. I'm sure it was also or, stressful at times because I didn't know. Um, you had expectations of what you wanted in a man and I like, had to figure out how to be that. And what you wanted as a father for Olivia and I'm still trying to be that. Yeah. Nathan was the first white boy that I ever was with because I had always dated Mexicans or like where they were just like brought up differently like they were just like more strong or like closed off and stuff where you weren't and it was definitely challenging in the beginning because that's just what I grew up knowing and so that's what I thought oh only men are like just like that but it's been good that's all I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's had, well, she's being nice. It's had its ups and downs because of me. I definitely had to learn more about myself and be honest with myself so I could be the dad and the husband you guys needed. And that's a daily challenge. Like, one day I feel like I'm killing it and I'm doing a good job, and then the next day, I don't even know. It's just, like, I'm missing it every second. I think that's the same for every parent. Like, like I said, because it's, like, every day can change just by the moods that the kids are in, and parenthood is hard in general. Yeah. Mom is hard, like... I was a young mom, so just trying to figure, like, kind of growing up with Olivia... And then having two babies later on, it was like a whole nother experience. Like I got to enjoy it a little bit more and I didn't have to like go out and work really hard because you're working and I got to stay home with them. And so that's been nice, but it's just with the babies, it's really challenging because their moods change or what they want changes. Yeah. Well, just last night, even so often at bedtime, Riley just goes to bed easy with me. I put her down. She goes to sleep. Tonight she just went to sleep. Last night, all she wanted was Alicia. Like, could not... Like, I could have given her, like, an entire bag of candy and she still would have wanted Alicia, I think. Yeah. And she never falls asleep if one of us is, like, laying next to her. She always just wants to lay by herself, but she fell asleep with laying next to Alicia last night. Like, just total curveball. And I think that's 
honestly, my best advice with anything is learn how to hit the curveballs. Like you have, it's, it's okay to how switch to up the plan. And, yeah, just to like if your way is not working, then be open to trying new ways. Uh, some boxer used to say that his strategy. I, I, I'm sorry, I don't remember his name. He's famous, but he would say like, and I'm butchering the quote even. He would say, "Have a whole plan before you enter the ring, but the second that bell rings, throw the plan out the window." Like <laughs> that's good. I mean, I don't know how much I could do that because I'm a planner, but. Well, I think what he's saying in that is like, you can plan for the dude's gonna act this way that you're fighting. But he might all of a sudden change his whole strategy up, and you have to just say, forget the plan, I'm just going to go with it. Yeah. Which, honestly, I think kind of leads into the next, like, another question we have pretty good here. Like, how'd you pick your home church? <laughs> and I feel like that, too, has been curveballs That's for us. That's so fun. I know, because it's, like, happening right now. For yeah. me, I got invited to Living Word, and I just, like, knew, like... I liked the people, I liked going there, and for a while I thought it was my home church, but then their beliefs were different from what I believed, what Jesus was in, like... Your day-to-day. Yeah, in your day-to-day, I guess. I don't want to say in my life, because Jesus doesn't change for who I see him as, but I just didn't feel like they viewed Jesus the way that I was viewing Jesus, and... I don't know if that makes sense. There's nothing wrong with them. Yeah, there's nothing wrong. It was just, it was just a lot. And then, um, they branched off into different churches. So there was Living Word Northwest, and Pastor Terrence was over that one. And every single service was amazing. Like, it was always about Jesus, and just when you know, like if your beliefs and what you're reading in the bible is matching up to what they're preaching you just know like it's just a peaceful knowing you don't have to sit there being like oh i don't know about that or i don't agree with that or like you just have to go back to your bible and say okay is this true yeah and if it is then you know that's where you're supposed to be and then you know just praying about it i'll say with that no church i feel like is going to be a hundred percent all the time exactly what you think it's gonna be like Mm -hmm. because there's people there like they're gonna make mistakes they have their own views or opinions so sometimes the man who's standing there might put his opinion into the message and that opinion might not be what the bible really says yeah and i think that's where god says to judge in your own heart and even the head pastor there will say hey don't take anything i say is this is the gospel go look up my verses go study it yourself and go make your own opinion on what the bible says from what god tells you yeah you always want to follow somebody who's willing to say that like don't follow just what i'm saying my opinion go look at your bible because if somebody's just like oh the bible says this and the bible says that and then they don't add that whole you go look for yourself you probably shouldn't be following them. You know, there's a pastor out in California who always says for his messages, um, eat the meat and throw out the sticks. Cause, like, there might, or throw out the bones, sorry. Like, there's parts that you aren't going to be able to, that 
are just wrong. You can't eat it. You can't get anything from it. So just throw that away. But don't throw the whole steak out because there's a T-bone in there. It's still a T-bone. Yeah. I think the other huge thing was, like, how are the kids feeling there? And I know that when we, we started going to Northwest, they loved it. Like, they loved... Yeah. Riley especially like I can't wait to get to class and even Olivia's attitude changed from the different churches and they were so excited to go every single week and still are and just having that whole family piece around it and also something that we believed in was like we are not going to sit here and struggle to try to get to church like on the days that we don't want to go to church we're not going to go like, we're not going to force it. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that are like, oh, on the days that you don't really know if you're going to get to church are probably the days that you should go, like, more so. But if we don't have peace about it and we're just, like, getting stressed out over going, then we're just not going to go. Like, we kind of take it day by day or week by week of, you know, what is God telling us? We took um, a break from church for a long time and it was really good for our family but then we ended up back at a church. Well, I think I needed that break more than anything mm-hmm. because I was so religious about living worried by that point. Like, because my parents met there. I grew up there. I spent all the time I could there. Like, I was there every service helping. Yeah. But it be, had, at some point, it switched from me being there to serve God to being there to people please and to almost hit like a spiritual punch card. I remember when we were first dating, I'd tell her like, I'm a good Christian. I'm at church all the time. Like I'm always serving at church. And you kind of called me out on it that you're like, yeah, or you you're not just serving, you're not serving. You're just like, you would like boss people around. And I'm like, why are you acting that way? Like that's I not... was technically the boss. Yeah. But I just <laughs> was like, you need to be like teaching people and showing people not just doing this like as a job you know yeah I definitely had lost the heart for it and it's crazy because for years we her and I never even went to service together I was always volunteering or working and so I could never sit with her there was times where I would sit in the back with him but yeah like we never like went into the service together it was so disconnected and during the part where you're really supposed to connect with God so you can be ready for the word, like the worship time, I was more focused on what are the drums doing or what's the guitar player about to do than let's worship God right now. And so taking that break made it so when we did go back to church, I really just appreciated it so much more. Yeah, we got to go to service together. Yeah. It's been nice. But we are ready to get back to volunteering. Our pastor... Um, is that we did have is launching off into his new church and we're wanting to follow and you know just help out and do what we can and then we really feel like it's kind of God's next step for us as a couple and as a family we really that was one of the other things we really want to move to Arkansas because there is a church out there that we know this is where Nathan will probably start off his pastoring and so we feel like this church that we're about to go to out here is going to be like a stepping stone to get out to Arkansas. And at least that's kind of what we're hoping for. I mean, yeah. One thing about stepping stones is you, like, we feel like we have an end vision 
well, not an end vision, but like a big vision. Yeah, a big vision. And if you would have, when we first got that, we thought we were supposed to move right away. Like everything was going to be right there, but God had a different plan. And there was a house that we were like really thinking about buying or renting or whatever. And it ended up selling and so we were just like crushed like god come on we prayed for this i was like it was meant to be like we heard you and somebody was like you know maybe it's just meant down the road or maybe it was just to like get you to realize yeah you are going to be moving to arkansas and yeah yeah we don't really know what it all looks like yet but god does and honestly we would not be moving to arkansas just because, it like, it's, it's so, like, a, like, who would want to move to Arkansas, honestly? It just has, God told us that we're moving uh, there. It's so. just such a different culture than here. Yeah. Like, they don't even have a Chipotle in town. I mean, that, how that's, you know that's God for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite place. I wanted to add, though, like, when we were in a season of not going to church, like, we had prayer groups and, like, with our friends and, um you can find Jesus anywhere. Like, you don't have to go to a church building to be able to hear God or know Jesus. Like, and that was such a huge thing for Nathan to learn. And then to just go through, like, we, we kind of had to hold ourselves accountable during that time we weren't in church and, like, finding him in different places. And they definitely forced, I feel like, forced us to have to search and listen for him more. Mm-hmm. Especially me. Like, I thought I knew hearing God. I thought I knew what it was like to hear his voice. And that time definitely taught me that I was wrong. I think a lot of people think, oh, you have to go to church to be a Christian. And that's so wrong. Like, you do not have to. The point of church is to be around a community of people that are also believing in Jesus and having faith and so that you're in that community to like push each other you know iron sharpening iron and being there for each other and you know going through the triumphs and trials together but you don't have to go to church to know Jesus it's just the community you're in and because because becoming a Christian makes life kind of harder sometimes like you have faith and you have God and and you have all these blessings, but at the same time, the devil attacks you ten times harder when you're going after God, and you need that community. Yeah, you're not supposed to try to do it by yourself, I'd say, most of the time. But Especially, like, for somebody like me who's, who tries so hard to give up worldly things, and I struggle every single day. I'm not perfect. I still cuss. Like, I just do things that I know that maybe I shouldn't, but... I know that at the end of the day, I have a community that, like, accepts me and is pushing and rooting for me. Oh. And friends that are like that. And so when you put yourself with like-minded people, it's more encouraging than just trying to do it on your own and and then feeling guilty or whatever. Yeah. It, uh, I'll say on the flip side, though, just because you go to church doesn't make you a Christian either. Yeah. Because... Like I said, I hit that point where I was at I was at every single service, but I know I wasn't like hearing God there. I wasn't receiving. I was going for a paycheck. Like it's not like a checklist of, oh, I'm going to do this, this, this and this and this and then God loves me. It's God loves me no matter what I am doing. 
but because God loves you so much, you kind of want to love him so much, and that makes you want to become more like him. But even if you fail or you sin, God still loves you, and he's still coming after you and pursuing you, and just, you know, changing your life to be more like him is what is Christianity. Yeah. It's a relationship. And I think when it's, and that's the core of picking out a church is where are you receiving that from the Lord and where can you give to others mm-hmm. and where are you finding people that are like willing to walk alongside with you. I'd say those are the three, if you want three things to look for, start there and I mean, go. I think what I've been learning a lot in the last couple of years too with my faith is that I'm not super like super grace where it's all like everything's grace and you could just be forgiven for everything I know that Jesus does forgive you that's why he died on the cross for us but he already forgave you yeah he forgave us but I also don't want to live in a way where I'm like oh I can do this because he died for me you know like I want to remember every day Jesus died for me so I'm not going to do this this and this not because he says I have to but because like that's what he would do like he wouldn't do these things and again I'm not perfect I fail every single day I am not some obviously people who know me I'm not some perfect Christian at all but are perfect with those looks though (laughs) (laughs) but that's the point of like what I try to remember every day is like okay how I've seen a lot of people talking about this lately like how are you leaving people how are you like leaving what am I trying to say how are you making them feel like what's the impact you're having yeah what's the impact you're having and like just growing like learning how to control myself hold my tongue just because it's true doesn't mean you have to say it like things like that are my struggles and I'm learning every single day I think it goes to this kind of old analogy like when we're kids all we want to do is like eat candy Mm -hmm. eat candy eat candy and our parents are telling us no you can't but then when you become an adult it's like oh i could go eat all the candy i want if i have the money to buy it i could just keep buying candy but we know because we're mature having all that candy is not good for us and yeah. i think grace Our is the same said way to me the other day she was like um if you don't if you have that desire then it's of your flesh she's like if you didn't have that desire then jesus wouldn't be trying to like keep you from it she's like but there's obviously a desire there for like the things that we may want that are worldly that Jesus necessarily doesn't want us to have or is keeping us from. But if there wasn't a desire, then it wouldn't be hard to, like, fight against or it wouldn't be hard to give up. But there's obviously that desire there. And so for me, it's like when I want to go hang out with the girls and go drink or listening to R&B music, like, in my spirit, I know, okay, maybe I shouldn't be listening I to this. that second one. <laughs> but I... God help me. Now. And I still do. Like I still listen to it and there's some days pray. Stop. <laughs> Let me talk. I still listen to that type of music and I you know, like it's not like I'm saying like, "Oh my gosh, I I can't do this because then Jesus is not going to like love me." It's just should I really be doing this? Like is it something that um portrays me more as the world or more for Jesus? And some days I fail, some days I'm listening to my music, and some days I'm like, no, I'm going to put on worship and, like, 
praise God and then it ends up being really good that I chose that because then I start praying and the kids are into it and we have like a better day usually than well, being in my mood with my music or whatever. Well, it's all just about maturing as a Christian the same way you mature into adulthood. Yeah. Like the Bible says that everything is permissible but not everything's profitable. And yeah, God's going to love you no matter what you do. He's always for you. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. But you as a person might struggle from choosing to do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And it's choosing, is this going to be profitable for me for the day? Is this going to be growing me as a person, as a Christian? Is this going to be helping other people? And it's hard. Like, every... I think people think, oh, being a Christian is, like, easy, and they look at people like Christians, like, fake, and I don't know. That's how I used to view Christians, so. Which but there's a lot that are. It's so hard to be a Christian because there's so much that you have to give up, and there's a lot that, like, oh, your spirit's checking you, and it's like, oh, I probably shouldn't do this, but all my friends are doing this, and I still really want to, and, like, what about this tradition? So much fun, but then you realize like no like this is what god's telling you to do and it's like you're torn and and then again that's the enemy being like come on come do this yeah and god being like are you sure are you sure and god will let you he's not gonna stop you he'll let you do what you want to do but and i feel like the mistake so many people make is they generalize it just to what we consider bad like maybe it's drinking or what music you listen to but it's really anything that you choosing to do the opposite of what God told you to. Like, I have a friend who he is just telling me on Sunday that there, he's had this opportunity. He was excited for it. And then he was in a service and God told him to do, take a totally different path. And he literally was like, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I want to do this one. Like, this path looks really good. And for some people, that path is good. It's the right path. But for him, it's not. And him choosing to listen to the Lord there is a sign of maturity, even though it's hard. Even though it might, like, but there, he's not, the other path isn't a sin. Yeah. It's not. They're both good choices. Yeah. It's just he's listening to God, which, because he's going to listen to God, is going to be so much better. And he will probably still get what he wanted out of it. Yeah. It's like. I feel like for him, it's like, do I go to Disneyland or Disney World? And God said world, and he kind of wanted to go to land. They're both awesome places. Yeah. But one of them God said to do. And I think that's grace in a nutshell, is choosing every day, every moment of the day, to go, okay, God, A or B. And that's the part where God says to constantly commune, and it's hard. It's hard to be that focused. It's hard to be thinking, okay, God, what what do you want me to do? There's a lot of people that can do that and are good at it and li- have lived their life that for a long time. I know a lot of people. You know a lot of people like that. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> but for me, I didn't grow up with anybody like that except I had, like, one aunt who was Christian and, um, yeah. But I didn't grow up with anybody else like that. And so for me, it's like... No, I grew up like you have to like tell somebody not to do this because it's the truth and they can't treat you that way and you can't do this and you can't do that and like just a matter of fact this is the justice way like had no idea and so like take me from that and being like okay just now at 27 being like maybe I shouldn't say anything 
even though I have this information and I know it's true, I'm just not going to say anything, like, watch how I react, holding my tongue, like, that's me maturing and, like, just taking those steps each day to try to be better and more Christ-like. Doesn't mean I'm going to be perfect and never do it again. Probably not, but I'm working but on it. But that's the day-to-day. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> it, it can be as simple as just, like, having patience with your kids, like... Yeah. Which I think every parent out there... And as big as trusting there... God, how are we going to get to Arkansas? Yeah, it really just is day-to-day. Like, well, we could just keep going on that question, but we have some more. So, we did that question, we did that question, question. Okay, so somebody says, what made you want to become a pastor? Want to is such a weird... Like, you were called to. God told you to. But, so, what was that moment like? And... It's hard to describe, because I've just always known it. Like, as long as I can remember, that's what I wanted to do. That's what I felt like I was born to do. And I've always strived to try to become that. Um, I did an intern... Two different internships, hoping it would lead to a job that, in, as a pastor... Um, I didn't go to like a normal college because I was thinking I'll just become a pastor. Um, it's just always been in my heart. And and when Nathan first told me when we were together, I said, absolutely not. Like, I cannot see you being a pastor. I'm not going to be a pastor's wife. You know, I was not willing to give up the things that I wanted to do. Yeah, I have to say the growth, even just in the last half hour here, the things you're saying, you would never have said two years ago. Never. And, like, you're practically preaching tonight, and you wouldn't be caught dead doing that two years ago. And so seeing you grow has been pretty awesome in that. But once we were in Arkansas this last summer, God spoke to me, and he said, that is where Nathan is going to start preaching. And I looked over and I told him, like, oh my gosh, you are going to be a pastor and this is where it's going to be. And he started crying because he's like, God just told me the same thing. And to just get from, like, this is never going to happen. Stop talking about it. Like, I'm not doing that dream with you. To, okay, well, this is the this is what's going to happen. So I just have to get on board and this is what God told me. It's crazy. I'll say in the last few years, it's been my own struggle to kind of keep the faith on that because it just feels like every time I think I know how it's going to happen, God just switches it up. Mm -hmm. Um, I was walking one career path thinking that was going to lead to pastoring and that just like blew up basically. Um, Thought even in Arkansas I'm hearing this and I'm thinking oh it's gonna happen this second and then yeah we got home and we were packing boxes like we were ready we're like okay God said peace out Minnesota we're going but I couldn't find a job down there I couldn't we couldn't the house wasn't working um it was like God's like hey this is coming and we're like awesome let's go and he's like hold up (laughs) y'all Like, that's not, it's, 
it's coming. It's not here yet. Like, it's like, we always knew, like, Avengers 3 and 4 were coming. Wow. But, for me, because I'm a nerd, when I saw that tiny little preview of Thanos at the end of the first Avengers and was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for them to fight him. That's going to be so cool. Not knowing I have to wait six more years or whatever it was for that to finally happen. That's how I felt in Arkansas. I was like, oh my gosh, this is coming. And I have, but now it's like, I have no idea when this is, God's actually going to make this show up. It could be like in 10 years, five years. I really hope not. I really hope not too, but I feel like it could, it could be like, we don't know, but we just know that's going to be like where we end up. Or maybe that's going to be another stepping stone to another state that we move to. Like, like, who knows? We could be there for a little while and then be back here or end up. Like, what the pastors there, they moved down there, started the church, and then a few years later, God moved them to Europe, and they're, like, teaching there. I remember one time you told me that, oh, I really want my own church with, like, Hillsong. Do you still want a church that big, or do you want, like, a smaller church? That, it's so hard because I know, I see how both of them can have, be influential. Yeah. Like, seeing the small church we've been, like, how... Northwest has been. I love, for me, I like smaller churches because I feel like it's, you can connect on a deeper level. No, there's such community there and connection and love. But then at the same time, I see like, like I love watching Hillsong worship videos or Elevation Church's worship videos and seeing how they have these huge churches with multiple campuses all over the planet and they're, all these people are singing their songs and connecting to God through their messages and through their worship. And it's because they have these giant churches that are making this huge difference across the whole planet. Like Hillsong is in Australia and we sing their songs here in Minnesota. Like on literally like the other side of the world. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, that's a huge influence and look at how God's using them. And it's like, I don't know which one... I think because I always saw big churches growing up, that's what I thought, like, okay, that's what a good pastor is, is a big church. But then seeing the way Terrence just showed up at the hospital for you that day, mm-hmm. like, if you have a big church, one like, your main pastor can't walk into every single hospital room with 100,000 people. Like, I think it's, it's just not possible. For me, it's so important to be able to connect to people on that deeper level. I know that one person can't be there for every everybody, but to still within that church have those deeper connections, like kind of how they're trying to do now, and how do you do that with such a big church? Like, I understand that songs and things like that, or like Stephen Furtick, like they can make an impact with their messages, but are you actually getting to know every, like most people there? Like, it's your church, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's like, they don't have that dream. connection. But at the same time, like, I don't know Stephen Furtick. I've never met him. Yeah. But I listen to his messages, and I get amped up, and I feel closer to God, and there's definitely something there. Yeah, that makes sense. And so I know if he had us at a big church, people are going to get touched by the word. It's still the word. Yeah. So I guess right now it's I just don't know. Like, whatever God wants to do. I used to think you had to be big to make a difference, but I, I'm seeing now that you can make a difference wherever you're at. 
you can touch someone's heart wherever you're at. It's just about your own heart and your own humility to know it's not about me. It's about how God wants to use me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think matters the most. God will take care of the rest of the details. He'll he take care of where care. that church is. And he yeah, he cares. He'll figure it out. Um, I guess this is just whatever God wants to do, we'll do. And I'll do. Okay. All right. Some more questions. What are some things you are looking forward to in the near future? Um. Well, for me right now, we just had that church meeting on Sunday. Sunday, right? Uh-huh. And I'm pumped for that. I'm so excited for him to be starting a new church. I'm excited to hopefully help and maybe be able to have you know smaller groups come here like while they're still trying to figure out a building and i'm excited for that oh i'm i'm nervous for it because it's so different than anything i'm used to like even northwest was really similar to the youth group experience i had growing up and so there is a comfortableness to it like we're in a dark room our youth group was a dark room like where this is just so different. There's no screens. There's no sound systems or lights. It's just pe- meeting in homes right now. Yeah, he wants to meet in people's homes like different weeks and um, like have services that way. Just like bring a band and then teach the word, which I think is amazing because you know I don't know. I'm I'm somebody who likes to cook for people, so I'm like, okay, everybody come over here to our community room. I'll cook you huge meals. Like, well, it's listen to Terrence preach and you know I just think that's awesome yeah and even, even though the screens and all that's really cool maybe he'll get to that one day like right now I think it's so important especially like I'm going through stuff so I'm like I need it I'm sure there's a lot of people that need it I think for me it's going to be a good growing experience because that's how I've always volunteered with like tech stuff because that's what I know and so to volunteer have to learn a different way to volunteer and help will be kind of cool and a good prep for me going forward. Another thing is I really... I'm struggling with this whole shop idea. Like, I really want to make the shirts and, like, use my creative side to do something because I just feel like I need that to fulfill my life. But I don't want to get back into the whole, like, hustle of the shop and stuff. I'm like, I don't have the time for that. I already have, like no time with the kids I mean I have time with the kids but I don't have extra time to put towards that and I just don't want to deal with like giveaways and things like that and like just keeping up with all of it so um yeah I don't know if I want to do like the whole shop experience maybe I just like give stuff away for free or just like do it as a fun hobby when I can but I really wanted it to be about family and traditions and like spending more time with your kids and so I haven't figured out what that all looks like but I do want to do that sometime soon just because there's so many things that like I want to do but I just can never pick one and I just feel like that would be a good creative outlet for me I think one thing I'm excited for is our daughter Olivia is really getting into she's always loved music 
but there's a few few different things that she kind of is saying she wants to pursue and I'm excited to see that like because it was special for me as a kid and to see her have that same thing I think is that's cool to me yeah she wants to play violin and she's always been into music like she was like trying to play the piano when she was five six. yeah <laughs> and, and she like did really it really good, good. yeah um, like she just learned a song by ear just listening to the radio and that's amazing to me I'm really looking forward to going to California this summer with Liv oh. I really I'm nervous about that to be with just the babies for a few days I know I like I said in that other podcast I think I was like I'm nervous about you being home but I'm really excited to see Joseph's family and um Carla, if you're listening to this Carla, shout out. Um just spending time with Olivia, just me and her. Like we haven't had just me and Olivia time in a long time. And I think she would really like love this. She's at an age where we could just, you know, get on a plane and go and I don't have to bring diaper bags and everything and just go yeah. have fun with her. And so I think she'll remember it and be really excited. Yeah. What else? What else is like coming up? Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Somebody else asked, are you having, are you going to have any more kids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, people. It's not, not of Possible our own making anymore. right now. <laughs> I, we've always talked about adopting. Yeah. We really want to adopt. Pro- like if we do, we'll see if it's in God's plan. But I've, I used to see these little Guatemalan babies and I'm like, and then we watched, like, a documentary on them. I'm like, we need to adopt because they're, like, starving. And I just want to, like, feed them all the food and take care of them. Alicia's one of those people that if you if she saw, like, that old, like, adopt-a-puppy with that really sad song, she'd be like, oh, my God, give me the phone. Yes. Type people. Like, she'll watch a sad show and be like, I need, I need to adopt them We just right watched now. that Honey... What's that? Honey Boy. Honey Boy movie about... Shiloh LaBeouf and I was like oh my gosh we just, I just need to hug him and like take him home like oh I just have such like a spot for kids like I guess in need or like where I'm like just need the some shots loving. in this film the way they're lighting it the motion <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah we are not having any more of our own kids Nathan got the little snip snip and we have two girls and a boy that was enough for me we he has four brothers yeah. Four brothers. I have four brothers and two sisters, and my parents adopted two of my cousins who are basically my sisters. And so my parents did daycare. So we have really big families, and we're like, yeah, no, we're just going to keep it simple so that, you know, later in life we can go travel, and, like, yeah. we're good. We like, Kids get a little older, and we can we all fit in one car with mm-hmm. space for suitcases. And not any stupid things on top of the car. But the other day, I was, like, getting undressed in our room. And I was like, babe, don't you remember? Or, like, don't you wish that I still had, like, a little avocado baby inside of me? And, like, just feeling them kick. And he's like, absolutely not. That was, like, the worst time ever. Because <laughs> I was horrible and hormonal when I was pregnant. But I was like, are you no, sure? You like so perfect and wonderful. I was. I hated being pregnant. Like, I liked feeling the baby kick and hearing their heartbeat and like just I liked knowing that we're having a baby but the experience was horrific on my body first of all second of all like my hormones were just everywhere and I just 
oh, it was terrible. Like, the doctors Say were with terrible. with Joe, by, like, probably 25 weeks, she was like, so can this baby come out now? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was so done with the pregnancy, and I was like, we are never having kids again. This is our last baby. And then shortly after, he got a vasectomy. Yeah. I was like, making sure there's no more accidents, <laughs> no more unplans. Like, Joe. I almost threw, like, made you a cake, like, a funny cake for it, because I was, like, we were so excited, like, okay, no more kids, like, you know how many times I, like, feared I'm pregnant again, <laughs> even though I wasn't, but I was just, like, oh my gosh. Even after the surgery, there, like, the first two months, it was, like, oh my god, please don't, <laughs> please don't me. <laughs> and, thank- yeah. thankfully, that was not God's plan. <laughs> What's weird, this is a really weird fact, but really cool. My great-grandma had six kids, four boys, two girls. She, or like the oldest, was my nanny, which is my grandma. And she had two girls and one boy. Her oldest was my mom. My mom had four boys, two girls, like my great-grandma. And her oldest was me. And then I had two girls and one boy. And my oldest is Olivia, so she might have six kids when she's older. We'll see. But or it was like a crazy she'll pattern. She'll never have children and she'll just always live with us and we'll never have to see a boy around her. And... <laughs> I mean, I don't want it to buy a shotgun. Oh my gosh, you would never have a shotgun, I would. <laughs> I'd be like, listen, I know your type. <laughs> Roll out home. <laughs> like, I'm gonna be the mom that's like dressed in like ninja clothes ninja clothes like black like beanies and stuff hiding out following my kids around <laughs> i just picture you with a katana and throwing stars so. i'm gonna embarrass the crap out of them when they're in middle school and stuff you'll have like a blow gun with like a poison dart that puts the boy to sleep no no, no, no. <laughs> okay so and then another question was when is the big wedding even though we're married we never had our wedding and we really want to have a fire wedding. Yeah, I like with Don't nice. make a fire joke. <laughs> Don't. I mean, a very cool, fun, party wedding. And I still have my dress in my closet. So, when's the big day, babe? You tell me. When God makes it all work. Yeah, we have no idea. We wanted it to be this year because 2020, but... At the same time, if God moves us to Arkansas, it's going to be hard to pay for a wedding and a house. Yeah, weddings are very expensive nowadays. But it's not just that. It's like... Well, fire weddings are. We want to invite everybody. And that's People why need it's to expensive. Eat. No. Can you not interrupt me? <laughs> Sorry. I'm saying we want to invite everybody because we want it to be like a fun party. And... We want, I want. I saw this like wedding jump house, and I was like, "Yes, we're gonna get that." Like, there is a lot that I want. So until we can do all of it, we're just holding off. Yeah, because the worst thing would be to just go extremely in debt to pay for a party. Like, it's we don't want. It. We want it to be something that is amazing and memorable, and not like, oh my gosh, what are we gonna do for the next two years? But I also am very picky, and I don't want to settle for, like, whatever a whatever yeah. wedding. <laughs> like, we got married at the courthouse, which I was fine with. It was kind of my idea. And then I was like, okay, we'll have a wedding, and I'll do my dress and stuff. And so 
that will be one of these years. And God will make it happen. Maybe when our kids are, like, a little bit older, too, and then we don't have to, like, be yeah. taking care of babies the whole time. Like, Joe will be big enough to be our little ring bearer, and Riley can be the flower girl. It'll mm. be all cute. That's so cute. That'd be amazing. And Olivia could be, like, your maid of honor. Not my maid of honor, but she could be, like, a junior bridesmaid, because that's what they're called. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> that's funny. So, there's no more questions. There's just... I kind of, like, summed them all up. Well, yeah, and you said we had, like, spam ones, too, that weren't, like, yeah. real. Well, I mean, it's been about almost an hour, so that's good. Yeah. That's um, fun. So I'll close it out in prayer before I do. Just subscribe, leave us some comments. We'd love to hear from you guys. Again, if you need anything, hit us up. Hope we can pray for you guys. If you need some help with something, we'll do our best to try to help however we can. Uh, so, this dinner with the Davises, we love you guys. Lord, thank you so much for this platform that we can speak into people's lives and help make a difference. I just ask you to bless our listeners this week. Help them to have an amazing rest of their week. Show up strong in their life. If they need a miracle, give them a miracle. If they need breakthrough, give them a breakthrough. Show them how much you love them. Show them how much they mean and how much value they have. Help them through the hard times. Bless the good times. And just show up strong in their day-to-day -day lives. We love you, Lord. Thank you for all this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys have a great rest of your week, and we will catch you next time.